0: scrimmage. Here's Cora! Blake
1: Hill! See! You later touchdown Michigan! Spears! What an answer! Tiger Spears all the way down inside the 10. Williams dancing, cutting,
2: mesmerizing. Nothing. Just drop your nuts. Really that's all it is.
1: Donovan Edwards! Michigan scrambling on defense. They throw it up for Coleman
2: again, and he has it. Touchdown,
1: Michigan State.
2: Plenty of time for Stroud. Directing receivers, flips it to the end
1: zone. Caught touchdown. Marvin Harrison
0: Jr. making a huge impact, and the Buckeyes draw first blood. Welcome to the Casuals to the Generance podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jacob Belville. Hey, Jacob.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It is going great. We've got a special guest with us tonight. He is the man, the myth, the founder, one of the founders of Campus to Canton. It is Austin Nace. Welcome.
2: Hey, thanks for having uh, having me on, guys. Happy to uh, to be chatting with you here.
0: I really appreciate having you guys on Um, here. We've had Matt on, we've had who else? Colin a couple times. We had Brandon on once. Um, So trying to make our way through the, the founders get a lot of different opinions. And I personally value a lot of what you guys are doing there at Camps to Canton. And it's just hard to find some of this information and you guys are one of the Big hubs, an easy way to find some of this stuff. For
2: information sure. is power in, in C2C leagues. It, it really, really is. We talk about it all the time on our podcast. So um, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, just get as much information to people, make it accessible, digestible. And you're better doing better than 70% of people if you're doing that, at least. Yep. Yep.
0: And that's one of the goals here with this podcast. If you are listening, you are going to be smarter than probably a couple more people in the league if you're not listening to it. So we're trying to give you guys information. And honestly, if you just follow exactly what I'm doing, maybe you can win both sides of the C2C League like I did this last year. Maybe not because you're going to have to beat me and you're probably not going to because I'm that good. Thoughts on that, Jacob? You've been making a lot of moves. We'll get into it later. But I see you're making a lot of uh, moves to try to get second
1: again. So Yeah, I mean you can look at look at it that way, but basically what you did last year was to capture the first and second round of the supplemental draft and I'm just doing that in twenty twenty four. You know. But there's
0: but there's uh your boy Quinn Ewers is not in that. So what are you gonna do? I I yeah.
1: I don't know if he's my boy, but okay. <laughs>
0: So, let's get into it. Hey, first, make sure you're going out there, downloading, rate, and review the podcast. Um, I know not all of you are downloading it, and it hurts. It hurts, but also, it's going to help me finish first, so I don't care. Just download it. You don't even need to listen. Don't care. Get into our quick hitter. So, this person is a college running back. So, again, if you're new to the, to the podcast, I'm going to give out five clues. Austin, Jacob, tell me when you have locked in uh, your guess, and by the fifth clue, you will have it. So, who am I? Question one, I rushed for 18 more yards than Sean Tucker and 17 more yards than Nicholas Singleton last year.
1: Next clue for me. Next yeah.
0: clue. Number two. I averaged point one five points less a game last year than Emuk uh, a buk. What do I want to say, Abuka. God, why am I forget?
1: Abuka. Yeah.
0: There you go. Mecca Abuka. I don't know. Oh, I put I meshed them together here. So Mecca Abuka last year uh, averaged twenty point four five points last year so this this guy averaged 0.15 points less a game so kind of a stud fun little nugget here austin this will definitely help your team out um he would have been the fourth leading point getter on grim's college team Uh, his his highest scoring guy was malachi corley scoring 21.79 points a game
1: I need another
2: one. Yeah, same.
0: Three, I am a Mac running back going into my third year, and there are 12 teams in the Mac.
2: Oh, I'm going through all the Mac teams in my head now.
1: You're just going to have to, like, get to the last. Th- this is a
2: current Mac running back?
0: Current Mac running back. Okay. Okay. So they had 18 more rush yards than Sean Tucker, 17 more than Nicholas Singleton, and averaged 0.5 points less than a... a why, why am I having such a hard time? It's probably the beer I've
2: had. You have the yips now, man. You can't, you'll never be able to say it again. I'm like that with Nico. It's over. <laughs> a Mecca Ibuka. There it is.
1: You just want to be disrespectful because he's not on your team.
0: <laughs> I mean, partly. I mean, why not? And I don't even have a jersey of him behind me.
1: I know he's he's at your school, so
0: okay. that's why I <laughs> had to stop buying so much Ohio State stuff. If I had a pet or qu- er, question four, if I had a pet or clue number four, it would be a
1: bobcat. Charlotte.
2: No, I know the school. Now I just got (laughs) to (laughs) remember. Which running back.
0: So, again, those playing at home, I've rushed for 18 more yards than Sean Tucker, 17 more than Nicholas Singleton last year. I averaged .15 points less a game than Emeka Abuka. Hey, I am a Mac running back who's going into my third year, and if I had a pet, I would be a bobcat,
2: or I would have a bobcat. Number... I'll, lo- I'll lock it in. Lock, lock it, in. it in. I think I know who it is.
0: All right, number five. If I had a favorite comedian, it would be Tom Segura. Okay, lock it in. All right, Jacob, who do you think it is?
1: I don't even know the first name, but is the last name Bangura? It is. It is. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Austin, is that who uh, you had?
2: Sia, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So Sia say Bangura. Um, he was a waiver wire pickup that Chad had that then I ended up trading him some
1: college pick or something for Bangorah. Those aren't easy, Luke. There's a, lot of whole, there's a whole lot of dead air Like what we do those.
0: Well, I have a lot of fun making the first two. I try to make the first two kind of hard but kind of interesting where I've got some sort of stat that's not going to give away too much, but it's interesting like, oh – Hey, he had more rushing yards than Sean Tucker. That's kind of interesting. But then Nicholas Singleton didn't really own that backfield, but he also did a little bit better. So it's kind of like, hey, what could Nicholas Singleton be next year if, you know, college or CFF guys really like, say, Bangura, like Nicholas Singleton could really be something next year, even sharing a backfield. And then uh, – I just saw Emeka Ibuka on there. I was like, well, I thought Tweet was going to be here tonight, but then he wonders why you know he's not, quote, unquote, a staple of the podcast. Well, hey, I want to be a part of it, but I don't always want to show up. I mean, what's that about? I can relate. (laughs) So that was Who Am I? Get into some NCAA news. We'll try to motor through some of this. Jacob, Austin, if you want to talk about any of this, feel free. But we have Evan Stewart, who suffered a high ankle sprain. He will be probably shut down this spring. We've got Cordell Russell, an incoming freshman at TCU with a broken collarbone. Malik Murphy running with the twos. Jacob, uh, Austin, I don't know. I mean, you probably download and listen to all of our podcasts. It's probably the one that only one that you listen to because you really care about our home C two C league. You would you would know that this podcast. There are some people here, not me, who believe that uh, Arch is the future of Texas football. Well, maybe I believe yes, maybe, but just not next year. What are your thoughts, Austin? Is is Quinn number one this year? Is Is Manning going to sit there and watch how to become a great quarterback from one Quinn Ewers?
2: Yeah, I've heard some weird rumors from people that I actually kind of trust on this stuff that the Texas staff promised the Manning some things. Um, But I just don't don't buy buy that. that. Like I I really just don't buy that. I think it's going to be Quinn this year. He looked so good before he got injured. I know it wasn't that big of a sample before the shoulder injury, but I think getting him an offseason to heal – I I think Arch will be fine to sit a year and then play two years and he'll be good to go. So I, I, uh, I'm not that, I I don't think Arch plays. I'd be shocked if he throws more than five passes this year. I really, really would. Um, I, I, I kind of want to say like I'd be shocked if he played a snap, but Quinn Ewers got a snap at Ohio state that one year. So, uh, anything's possible on that end, but I, I I don't think he really does anything this year. I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised.
0: So quick
2: side note, Jacob, do you think, Texas red
1: shirts manning this year. I mean potentially. Because I, mean, yeah, I actually liked um Malik Murphy a little bit coming out. I mean, he's got a huge arm. So I just didn't think he could really like move around that well, I guess, when I watched his huddle tape, but I don't think he's a bad player by any means either. So to have him behind yours and then maybe redshirt manning, yeah, I could see it.
0: Awesome. What about you? Do you think they would Texas would redshirt?
1: Manning.
2: I think that's the plan. I think that's the plan at pretty much any big school now that brings in a quarterback like that. Like it's pretty rare that that there's just a spot for them to walk into. You only play one of them at a time. Makes it so much different than running backs and wide receivers. And where I mean, if you're not the guy, it doesn't make sense to burn eligibility if you don't have to. I do have one question because I'm not quite sure. But
0: let's say they do not redshirt Manning and he doesn't get in any game time could they then give them a red shirt?
2: Like after the season's over?
0: After the season or like, does it count against him because he wasn't red shirted and he didn't play any games? Cause right. It's like five games. Is that
2: it's, it's four. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the pro like the administrative process is behind the scenes to file for a red shirt. I'm assuming it's basically just, you provide a list to the NCAA, like you check a box, like an online form or something. I, I don't think it's that extensive to, to do it. I don't think it's something necessarily you have to plan for ahead of time. Sometimes you'll see teams like Wake Forest is notorious for it. Uh, Donovan Green did it his freshman year there, where like he didn't play at all at the beginning of the year, but he was tearing up practice. So they put him in games at the end of the season, and then they shut him down after four to give him the red shirt. Um, but you like, you won't see teams plan around it like that that often especially not with bigger name guys because i just
0: feel that if if quinn were to get hurt and let's say they do put in malik murphy well then who's your next guy behind malik murphy and if we've already redshirted can we take it away like i don't know it'll be an interesting oh yeah it's definitely
2: not something that you do until the end of the season i mean they say like hey we're redshirting this guy and i but i think it's like you know if you know, if the whole team gets run over by a bus tomorrow and you only have one quarterback left and it's this kid, then you just put him in and you just yeah. put him the red shirt. And it's it's not a big deal.
0: Gotcha. We also have uh, – Carnell Tate was the first to lose their his black stripe. So that's great. There's been a lot of – I don't want to say a lot. There have been several OSU wide receivers who lose their black stripe who turn out pretty good. Uh, Garrett Wilson – um. Who else? Marvin Harrison Jr. lost his. So, th- not obviously all of them, but JSN, that's, uh, JSN. So some good ones. Colonel Tate named freshman to uh, look after here in our supplemental draft. We've got Travis Hunter getting more work at wide receiver. If you guys don't remember, he was one of the top, the top ranked uh, recruit last year. Went to Jackson State. Um, He played both ways at cornerback and wide receiver. So followed Dion there to Colorado. So if he ends up getting more work at wide receiver, that could be huge. Again, another name that would be in our supplemental draft since they were at Jackson state. And then Jacob, your boy Mbake, I've been told is running with the ones while the transfers are just getting acclimated. What are your thoughts there?
1: I just don't know why you had to add the end to that sentence. You know? <laughs> because, right? You could, have just, you um, could have just left it. Hey, Mbake's running with the ones right now. Great. The league
0: needs to know when you're pushing Mbake down somebody's throat, trying to fleece somebody, that, you know, it's it's just while people are getting acclimated.
1: I'm just waiting for the league to forget that he was moved to cornerback last year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've got Old Myths transfer. Chris Marshall is running with the threes, so that's not the best news. He was a borderline five-star, I think pretty much a four-star, maybe five in some some uh, recruiting services. But, yeah, he was maybe asked politely to leave Texas A&M and goes over to Old Miss.
2: Anybody yeah. have thoughts on this? He, he was kicked out of school, by the way. I've heard a couple people dance around that delicately this week. Um, he was kicked out of school, um, like went in front of like their board of regents or whatever and was kicked out of school. Um, so just just to throw that out there. I don't think he's a bad dude. Like, I think he just messed up once at the worst possible time. But he, 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 he was, yeah, you know. He was kicked reasons. out. All right.
1: I would definitely want to see him move up from working with the threes, like getting closer to fall, just because, I mean, that room's pretty wide open right now. They basically have their two best pass catchers, you know, they're gone. And so then I don't really know what he's competing with, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a little alarming. I mean, it's early, but it's a little alarming. It's not even just with the twos. Yeah. So, uh, Georgia, we've got Milton – And Edwards and Paul all out with injuries this uh, spring. So we're going to get the Robinson show. Roderick Robinson and uh, who's the other one then? Branson. Branson Robinson. I was thinking Deuce, but that's another news. So uh, the Robinson showcase. We're going to see Ian. You've got one of the Robinsons. The other one will again be in our supplemental draft. Big kid was was uh, committed to UCLA and then flipped his commitment there to Georgia. So Georgia running backs haven't really given us a lot of, you know, value on the college side, but NFL potential is definitely there. I'm kind of excited to see it. I want to I wanna see what these kids look like, and it sounds like um, – Again, like, yeah, I'm bad with the names right now. Uh, Jacob, who's the who's the Robinson that Ian has? Branson. Branson.
1: There's sounds only, like there's only two first names that you can pick from there.
0: I know, but I forgot Branson's name. It's it's not been a good day. It's not been a good day. Um, but but yeah. it sounds like he's looking a lot better this year than he was last year, at least flexibility-wise.
1: That's good because I think that was always the – Kind of knock, at least for me. When he was coming out, he just looked very stiff. I don't know, but yeah, he's fast and he's big, so he's a good bet still.
0: Uh, Austin, I know you're a fan of Roderick Robinson, and um, we'll get into some profiles later. But do you want to give us a little thoughts tidbits on Roderick Robinson?
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't shock me if Roderick ends up being the best back in this class at the end of the day we keep a database, a database. of um, athletic measurables at c2c and, and you know uh, we can measure max miles per hour when you're running um, of players while they're on the field and he is one of four or five guys that we have over the past decade plus that is 230 pounds and ran over 22 miles per hour uh, in pads I mean he's just a, a freak freak athlete a uh, big big boy Um he's almost like one of those throwback running backs. Like you look back at the draft, the NFL draft in like 1999 and it's, you know, like Ricky Williams is like two thirty five, and yep. uh, you know, you're like, gosh, I didn't even remember those guys being that big. And you like watch the clips of them and they're also like agile. It's, it's almost like the guys were like edges now or whatever. We're playing running, but like that build was playing running back and they're just these crazy athletes. But Robinson really is kind of one of those guys. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's the next Ricky Williams or anything, but he is kind of a rare, Athlete, at least linearly. So I'm pretty excited for him. Yeah, it definitely seems
1: like all those guys are playing linebacker edge at the next level.
2: Yeah,
0: I went back and I watched some AP at Oklahoma, and my lord, that was fun to watch.
2: (laughs) He was probably the last like great college running back, like truly great that I can remember that was like that kind of player. Uh, The only one that comes close is Gurley pre pre-knee injury was pretty dang amazing
0: we've got uh brew mccoy out for the spring and thornton uh transfer there from oregon working in front of squirrel white so again squirrel white another one of the supplemental guys available you want a part of this tennessee offense high flying offense um but yeah it's Squirrel is kind of getting some hype there at the end of the year and we'll see if he makes a starting, starting lineup. Austin, any thoughts on squirrel squirrel white um, cracking this lineup for Tennessee?
2: Yeah. Still a big squirrel guy. I'll be interested to see what they do with Deontay Thornton. He's like six, five. I mean, just this towering dude from that, what that was at Oregon. Um, They just want speed on the field. So I, I, I would be interested to see, you know, where they line him up. Like, I don't know that he's a, a good player, you know, but Tennessee's offense just kind of does things with guys that maybe, you know, it doesn't need the, the most technical amazing guys out there. So he could, he could be interesting there and squirrels, you know, another guy that he's tiny, tiny, but he's fast. He's going to do what they want him to do.
0: And then Jacob, your boy, Randall. Yep. Came out words came out that he actually had a second surgery but on his other knee, now, I'm not exactly sure how the witch doctors at Clemson will fix this knee. But I have no doubt that he will be ready to play this next year. But having two knee injuries, not not great, Bob. Not great.
1: Not great. We did speculate on what that might be last show. But yeah, not just not a great... Uh kickoff to my spring seeing as i took him with the 106 yeah it's pretty high on him
0: not great but the other thing that i just noticed is what in the world's going on in minnesota we've got same head coach we've got uh a new running backs coach uh
2: where did he austin you know where he came in from Western Michigan, I believe, because I think Michigan. Sean Tyler followed him. Yep. Yeah.
0: So then you've got you've got the running backs coach leaves. You've got Trey Potts leave. You've got a couple running well, two or three running backs have gone into the portal. Uh, I think you're we're at three wide receivers who have left. So I I don't think a lot really has changed at Minnesota, but it seems like the players aren't happy there. Not like Minnesota is this great fantasy spot except for the running back position. But I want to know what's going on there. Um, Jacob or Austin, do you guys have any thoughts uh, or heard anything of what's going on in Minnesota?
1: I have not heard anything. No.
2: No, nothing. New quarterback too. Um, Tanner Morgan's gone. I just
0: no idea what's going on. It just shocks me. Figured, you know, at least the running backs would stay there. Maybe this gives uh, some room to Zach Evans possibly getting some run this year. We'll, we will see. And NCAA video game comes out this summer. I have given up my gaming console as I have little children who'd rather watch cartoons Jacob, do you have any more gaming consoles?
1: I do not. I think the last one I had was the Xbox 360. And that was about it.
0: And then Austin, famously, people don't know, doesn't play NCAA football. Never
2: never played it. Never played it. Never played
0: it. Um, So, Grim, tweet, you will have to let us know how this game is because I think about you two would be the only ones that –
1: They're they're just going to be playing each other.
0: Probably. Maybe that'll be the only time Grimm wins a championship. Jacob, do you have any NFL news for us?
1: Not really. I mean, all the Pro Day stuff's kicking off. We won't really have much going on until the draft night, which those are like my three favorite days of the year. I just love the NFL draft, so it'll be fun to follow that. Um, Probably chirp at some people in the uh, chat, in the league chat, but – yeah, I mean, pro days happened. Um, I saw that Zach Evans. Zach Evans had an okay pro day. I just don't think. I don't think he like bumped up his stock with anything that he did in terms of the combine or pro day. And then um, saw that Abanaconda ran really fast and weighed in at two seventeen, so that's good. He might get kind of vaulted up. Maybe get into that day two conversation. All speculation, but
0: I was really bummed that he did not. You know perform at the combine getting hurt there in warmups or something. Cause he based off of all the running backs who didn't do anything, like I think he would have been the talk of the town come the combine and would have really raised his uh, draft stock there that week.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's not like we don't know that he's fast, but sometimes when you're able to perform just alongside your peers in front of like all these NFL execs and stuff, it can, it can matter. So. Big news.
0: T Higgins. Changed his number to five. I love it. And we've got the first agent zero, Calvin Ridley. He's now wide receiver. <laughs> or People can wear the number zero now. So that's exciting stuff there for Jacksonville. That's about all the NFL news you got, Jacob? Yeah, it sounded like you had just as much as me. <laughs> Irv Smith to the to the Bengals. Oh, big move huge all right well we've got to add one trade to the counter so we are now at 2023 trades we are at seven and Jacob how do you feel you were not a part of this trade
1: I feel good feel good got a breather you know been doing all these trades working up a sweat and then finally you know the league starts to kind of hold their own so yeah, thanks, Grim, for
0: going out there and making a trade. While it's probably the worst trade of the year, not well, second worst. I'm glad that you were able to uh, make this active. There's no way this was your idea, Grim. Like this is probably all by Nate, and he fleeced you. Yeah. But we will get into some Austin Nace questions, and then he's gonna actually evaluate our trade so far in this year. So Austin. How did you get into C2C?
2: Yeah, so it's it's hard to believe now because you see people talking about it all the time. But like as little as three or four years ago, if you went on you know, Twitter was kind of the main main place to go. Um, it, it was really, really hard to find anything on any of this stuff. I don't even know how I happened across somebody advertising a startup, a C2C startup. I'd never played Debbie before, never played C2C before. Um, but it sounded really, really fun, and I was still in law school at the time, so I had a little extra time in my hands. So I figured, let's uh, let's try this. I hopped in. Twenty teams, single copy. It's an auction. Never done an auction. I've never, I don't know any of these guys on the college side. I was just like, oh well. I, I knew like twelve names, so I was like, well, that's my player. That's my player pool. I'll spend all my my money on those guys. Figure it out from there. Uh, I was pretty hooked, and now uh, now I-, I can't get enough of it. I pretty much, if I'm not working and Or sleeping or eating, I'm pretty much working on C2C stuff. So I I, I really, really uh, fell in love with it really, really quickly. And I'm glad that now it's, you know, now you can find a league pretty easily if you want to do one.
0: So how many leagues are you in now?
2: I think I'm in. So I'm in thirteen. But one of them is essentially a double league. It's a, it's a really fun one where we have two teams, like two college, two NFL, and you can't own the same player on either side. So it makes you know some roster construction and some trade stuff really weird. Um, so at 14, 13 leagues, fourteen total teams, and that's probably I've I've already had people ask me to do startups, and I think I'm I think I'm tapped out for the time being.
0: That is that is a lot. Um, what is your favorite? position to evaluate when you're looking at these guys
2: man if we're just talking like his freshman i really like watching wide receiver i think it's my favorite um because there's so many different ways for wide receivers to win like so many different you know archetypes that i just think it's fun to watch a guy and i can watch jury and Dickey, who's coming in this year going to oregon there you know he's kind of aj brownish and you're just kind of watching him bully people and you know, win at the catch point, you ease this big guy, and then you go flip on, you know, Makai Lemon is going to USC or Zachariah Branch going to USC, and it's a you know a 5'9", 180-pound guy who runs, you know, 22.5 miles per hour. It's like it's a totally different kind of player, but they're both really, really good at what they do, and you can see a path to both of them being great in college and going on to the NFL. So I think just the the array of different, you know, options that you get at wide receiver makes it, uh, my favorite to watch, and there's just so many more that can be relevant at any given time, you know, because you can throw, you know, two, three, four, uh, five out there at a time. So, um, you know, more, more, uh, more relevant players from the pool, too.
0: Who do you kind of gravitate towards for wide receivers? Like Jacob is a
2: big, like, yak
0: guy, he likes big, fast, he's he would be like the big wide receiver guy.
1: I and be, I basically like double count yak in huddle tape i just do i I can't help myself but
0: i love technician types like i like i love great house like he might not be like the overall best guy but like i just like watching what he does i like i like those great routes what do you gravitate towards
2: yeah like the six foot 185 guy is my favorite um some examples like last year i loved antonio williams who was going to to clemson i had him i I liked him more than randall um i I liked barry and brown who kind of he's a little skinnier but he he kind of falls into that um plane as well i also like Kion gray so you know obviously you win some you lose some uh in that category uh this year i I, like Jonte cook is my guy he's about six foot 185 um you know good burst, like can, can kind of do a little bit of everything when deep, when it went immediate, when short. Um, I, I think that the NFL really likes those guys. Now there's, there's just so many pathways. Um, and for a lot of these guys, like Antonio Williams in the slot, I think you could, I think he could play on the boundary too. And that's why I don't always love some of those bigger guys. Cause I'm like, well, I'd, you know, if, if, if one role doesn't work out, I don't know that they have another role that they can do. So I kind of like those, you know, more versatile, mid-sized kind of guys that that's really really where i gravitate yeah so which kind of position
0: you've been doing this for a few years now what kind of positions do you feel like you have the most quote-unquote hits on
2: i I think it's wide receiver but i think it varies by year like i'll look back on a click i was looking back the other day i just tweeted out like just you know my tier one guys at every position over the past four years since i've been kind of you know grading and tiering and I looked back at like the 2020 QB class. And I think I swung on missed on every single opinion I had in the 2020 quarterback class. Like the guys I thought were really good, Tyler Buckner, Sam Hewitt. Sam Heward's a Cal Poly now. Like I loved Sam Heward, Um and, and Buckner obviously hasn't done anything in Notre Dame. Conversely, uh, I didn't really like Caleb Williams that much. He was like super inaccurate in high school. I know this is kind of hard to believe, but he was not that impressive, I, I did not think. So I-, I was really low on him. Um, So I think it kind of ebbs and flows by year. And then you'll look back some other years and you'll be like, oh, like I nailed, I nailed quarterback in, you know, 2021 or whatever. So I think it really varies by class and you get kind of lucky. But I think wide receiver is the one that I tend to do best at. And I trust if we're debating internally at C2C, I tend to trust my wide receiver opinions more. And maybe I'll let somebody persuade me on quarterback or running back. So what...
0: What prompted so I talked? We have Matt on, he is a founder, you're a founder. We've had uh Colin on, who's a founder. What prompted how was that founder group developed, made, and C2C kind of got to where it is today from a website standpoint?
2: Yeah, I feel like I could tell a 40 minute story on this, but to keep it you know 90 seconds or less. Um, Colin and I are old friends. Well, I'm old friends with Colin's brother. We were college teammates. We played soccer together. We were roommates. Uh, he, his brother was in my wedding. Really, really good friends with his brother. So that, that's kind of how I got hooked up with Colin, who, who's a big fantasy football guy. Um, but it's like with most things, with some of the stuff, it's just relationships. At the time, I was working at Dynasty Nerds. Felix like Sharp, Matt Bruning, were both there. Um, we, we, we connected there and, and, and decided um, Dynasty Nerds didn't exactly have the same um, thoughts on, on building up that sort of content. So, um, you know, we, we decided maybe to branch out um, uh, Jarek and, and and Alfred were actually both teaming up to do something at the time as well. And we were all kind of friendly. So, I mean, it was just kind of a, a confluence of events that brought us all together. And I think what really helped us grow, we've grown a lot actually is that I think we're the first people in the college fantasy arena to take it seriously as a business and not just something that's kind of cool that I can make a couple bucks on every year Um, so I think that's really helped us about people that you know are business minded and have a bunch of different skill sets and you know have a drive to build something that's substantial
0: well I greatly appreciate it because you guys Austin for people that don't know uh Austin got me into C2C. I was I was just I wanted to get into a devy league. So I found a podcast called Devy Debate and I listened to it. I was like Austin was a part of it but he wasn't. You never heard him. Um but I heard a lot of Matt and Felix and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." And then it kind of developed into a lot more college players and you know as we all f- kind of felt going into our first year at C2C like it was overwhelming there's just so many things like people are talking about these names i have no idea what they are but that was probably the best thing was just jumping in and just doing it and that was the best way to learn at least for me and i i hope the rest of the guys here in the league uh, feel the same way so thank you again austin for getting me into C2C which then got nine other people into C2C so
2: I'm glad you guys got in. And I think the great thing about C2C is that, like, it's almost like the, you know, the decathlon or whatever in the, in Olympics, the Olympics. Or I correct. guess I guess they have it outside the Olympics. I only hear about it every four years. But um, where there's just, like, so many paths to winning the decathlon. You know, maybe you're not a great javelin thrower, but you're really good at, you know, I don't know, what do they run, a 400, and 800? I don't, I don't know what they run. But you're really good at the running stuff. So you kind of build up your points that way. And a C2C League, you know, I talk about this on our shows and stuff all the time. I'm not a, a college fantasy expert. Like just like on the pure CFF side of things, that is not where I'm necessarily gaining my edge. Maybe my edge is, um, you know, uh, drafting or trading or, you know, I'm just really good on the NFL. You know, I, I went on the dynasty on the NFL side. So I think it's just really fun to kind of, you know, figure out where you have your edge. And maybe you're not great in another area and that's okay. You can make up for it somewhere else so i think it gives kind of a broad range of of ways for you to win which i think is always you know good you know an nfl redraft league you got like one or two maybe like there's, there's yeah. not a lot of paths there if you if you mess up your draft you're you're, you're probably not not going to do too hot
0: so in this decathlon that is c2c what do you feel is the hardest part you've been you have several teams you've been playing for a few years what's the hardest part of campus camp leagues
2: I really think it's the college fantasy aspect. Um, I really, really do. Because some of these teams that we covet, their players so much, treat their spring practices and like what's going on in the fall and their their injury report as like it's Fort Knox and they're just not going to give you the information ever. Um, so it just makes, you know, kind of getting, you know, like fantasy is all about information, fantasy football. Like, you know, there's some game theory, you know, whatever, but at the end of the day, information edge is so big if you can get it. Doesn't really exist in the NFL side of things anymore, but on college side, it still exists so much because you, if, if you know somebody who, you know, their buddies like a SNC coach somewhere, or they, you know, they've, they've got a, a, a sister that goes to old dominion and she saw their tight end walking around with a boot on. Like it's, it's crazy how, how you can kind of get some of this information sometimes and just nobody else will have it. So I think that's the, the most difficult part. And again, one of the things that we're focused on, you know, continually trying to upgrade what we're doing, because it's, it, it, if you can get it all in one place, that's kind of the skeleton key.
0: Yeah. It's, and that's also part of the things I love about college football cuz like you really got to dig for it and you're rewarded if you can happen to find find some of that stuff.
2: I mean, what is it now where you find out where the guy in the portal's girlfriend goes to school and yeah. like that's like 80% of the time like where it's like so people are searching Facebook and like it's just like the, the way that people find this information cuz you never know otherwise is just so absurd.
0: And it, but it also it is very frustrating as a yeah. Trevion Henderson owner last year or jsn owner as well like are they playing are they not playing um okay well we're playing indiana so we're like yeah we're gonna play them but we're not gonna play them it you know it's very difficult but also very fun
2: it is and i will say like as somebody who actually knows people at Ohio State and talks to people there regularly, we still had like they had no idea about JS and Travion Henderson weekly. Like it's it's such wild west stuff with with some of these things.
0: All right, well, let's move on to our trade evaluations, Austin. You have I've given you our now seven trades that we've had. So why don't you uh, break some of these down for us? So our first trade. Of the year, Nate traded Brian Robinson to Jacob for Luke Musgraves and Jermaine Bernard.
2: Yeah, so I actually I, I liked the Jacob side more, which is going to be a theme here for tonight, unless you guys have multiple people named Jacob. Um, we do, but not. <laughs> but um, I I don't know that it's you know crazy lopsided. I think Nate gets a steady you know. NFL back I, he'll probably hang around for a while and Brian Robinson is he spectacular maybe not um, but you don't always need spectacular at the NFL running back position to, to get some points and then obviously Luke Musgrave you know a, a highly athletic tight end and then Jeremy Bernard who's actually one of my biggest buys this offseason I'll, I'll probably be writing about him um, sometime this offseason I, sh- I, I wrote up his profile for our upcoming Debbie guide he is one of the hashtag my guys um, uh, in that guide um, uh, going to Washington, transferring out of Washington State or out of uh, Michigan State. Um, I, I think he's a very talented player who I could see being a uh, you know a second or third round NFL draft pick. So I like I like that Jacob kind of just took the reroll and and shot for some more upside here. But I don't know that this was bad for anybody involved.
0: And if you guys also don't remember, Matt Bruning came on and he told me that I just fleeced the league. So we're gonna get six trades for Jacob. I just want you guys to think about what you may or may not
1: hear uh you know coming, so well, wait there's already a difference in the first one was kind of even, you know well, Austin was you big. hand you handpicked your trades for Matt, and he said they well, were all fleeces. well, I
0: handpicked them because there was like seventy eight I mean no, so
1: no, it was because you had worse ones out there. We know
2: it <laughs>
1: mm. Mm, I don't mm. know
0: all right. Trade two, Nate comes back to the Jacob well. He gets NCAA 102, and he sends away a 2024 NCAA first and second.
2: Do you want me to give away the thing that I said before the show, or Jacob probably doesn't want me to say anything about it? You can say whatever you want. As a Who matter knows? of policy, I'm never trading uh, supplemental picks like this far out, like a year out like that. I Because I, you just don't – like we we don't know anything about like dynasty rookie picks, you know, we do but we don't we really don't know anything about about supplemental picks next year and I think it's a lot more likely that an NF that an NCAA team just completely falls apart and you get the 101 than the NFL where you it's maybe a little more predictable. So, um just as a matter of policy, I you would never catch me trading a first and second next year for a first this year. Uh, but it is the 102 and that's going to be a like we know who the, what the the options are at the 102 and they're they're pretty good players this year. I think it, it the top of the class is very, very good. Um, so at the end of the day, it looks like Nate didn't hang on to that pick. So, um, uh, you know, that that's rough luck when we get to that later. But, uh, you know, if if you, you know, you want Cedric Baxter, the running back going to Texas really bad, then maybe that's what it costs you. And in the long run, get your guy. So I, I, it leans Jacob, but, but, you know, if you hit on that one oh two, then, you know, you, you know, what, what would it have been last year? Nicholas Singleton, maybe? I mean, you yep. would have been really happy to walk away. You would have traded that that package for Nicholas Singleton. I think that's so. the
1: exact example I used in the chat. You did, you did. <laughs> you did.
0: You did use that as, as the example. So then, within minutes, Chad trades for the 103 to Jacob for 2024 first and second. Uh, probably uh,
2: rinse and repeat, Austin. Same same rationale. Yeah, I mean, obviously one worse player, but the top six or seven guys we love this year. So you're getting one of that bucket of player no matter what, as long as you weren't shooting for a specific guy that you're hoping is going to be there. I think you're pretty happy with that overall.
0: All right. And then Jacob came groveling to the champion, and he was like, hey, what can I get for Nick Chubb? And this is what I, you know, I let him have Nick Chubb for Jameer Gibbs in an NCAA 403 and 1403
2: thoughts on this one was 1403 a pick that that somebody needed to complete to get their 15 or Jacob just wasn't gonna be able to use it or what's the both it turns out both, both. Yeah. okay okay I was saying that's just like there's no way you said that and you're like the difference here is a 1403 yeah, <laughs> Luke, no ever just, ever Luke just
1: tried. kept adding picks and he's like, I need the 14. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I, just, I I
0: needed another pick. And I figured if 14 was far enough down that it's not gonna matter. And if 14 a, was the thing that was gonna bust it up, then
2: I have a guy in one of my leagues that always tries to add, uh, it's not a C2C, it's like a dynasty, but he always tries to add like the you know, the 1403 equivalent in every trade. And I've stopped trading, I'm like, dude, if you just try to nickel and dime me. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. You're. You're taking the original deal. Um, but no, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I think actually Luke probably talked about me about this one with me whilst he was putting it together. Chubb probably has another couple years. I love Gibbs. The 403s out of like the you know real upside Debbie guys. So I think. Uh, I think the overall that's that's pretty darn even here. So a fair
0: trade by Luke. So not a feast. and not, not all fair trades by Jacob yet. Got it. Chad goes and gets T Higgins, and in return, Jacob gets Anthony Richardson, 4-6, or four six, five six, and six ten. I mean, what do you think, Austin?
2: I love this trade. Not for either person necessarily, because this is one of those trades where three years down the line one of you could have just absolutely destroyed the other person in this deal, or it could be like, you, it's just such a broad range of outcomes. I, I think it's very, very fair. Obviously if Richardson hits his ceiling, which I'm sure is what, what Jacob's hoping then that's it's a landslide. But um, I, I think this is just a really fun trade with like interesting pieces moving either way. Uh, I, I really, really like this deal. Uh, I, I think this was a fun one.
0: Uh, and then uh, something that had happened. So, Jacob, what would you consider Anthony Richardson? He's like this mystical, mystical thing that you've been always after and
1: kind of never my been rules, able to catch. It's a little bit impulsive just because of my quarterback situation on the NFL side. I think I got I got Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Deshaun Watson. So I don't really need another NFL quarterback, but I, I just I don't know. He became like one of my guys that I just want on my team. So then now it gives me, if he does pan out, it gives me the option to trade one of those other guys. But
0: for 2024 NCAA first and second, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: be 2029 20, by then. <laughs> well, yeah. Same thing.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, so Jacob missed out on Anthony Richardson by, mere, my, by mere dollars in the fab bidding. Uh, our first year we did the two waiver pickups at four and eight. Um just so if people didn't kind of ruin their teams or like get super good at the beginning if we did a whole bunch of waivers um and he was there, and Jacob just did not spend enough money and he had literally been trying to get him
1: no, I spent my entire budget, but Ian did too, but Ian's team was worse that's, that's right. what happened that's right i got I got stuck with Dante Demas.
2: <laughs> I felt okay about it last year until about week no, because or then
1: or I think the next game was the Iowa game where he tore Three. me up,
2: yeah. 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 Oh, so it, it was, was it, like it was the week before that, yeah. And, so it was uh, okay, you didn't even none have of it, to felt good. it. I thought you had <laughs> at least a few games out of it. I'm sorry, none of it. Felt good. I, if you want to hear a sadder story, so I if Anthony Richardson's freshman year, I was in two C2C leagues, I had him in both. I dropped him in in one because he just didn't do anything. I was like, "This dude's never going to play in Florida." Like, straight up dropped him. So, it it happens. It happens. Yep.
0: We had a guy in our supplemental startup draft draft Brock Bowers and dropped him
2: like thirtieth round. That hurts. Like, that hurts so bad. What what did he add in this place? I, was there at I, least like some logical decision making here?
1: I think he thought that Darnell Washington was the starter and so he just dropped him. Cause we only had two waiver wire pickups, so
0: And that's who I picked up in the fourth in the fourth week in my waiver wire ad.
2: Man, that's that's a killer.
0: All right, we'll get on to uh Jacob and Nate have some sort of friendship going on. There's preferred trading. Uh, there's probably discount deals going on between these two. But Jacob gets the NCAA 102 back and the NFL 102 from Nate for Keon Coleman, NCAA 206, 1102,
2: 1103, 1203, 1303. Jesus. Thoughts on this one? Uh, somewhere out. Wherever Nate is, there is a man walking around with his pants around his ankles, just tripping over his his, his feet. Here, um, Nate, I'm sorry, man. You got you got crushed in this deal. The fun thing about this is, if Keon Coleman ends up being really good, then it, it, it looks good. But I uh, I am not super hopeful about that. Who who will be available at the NFL 102? Do you you have a NFL
1: 102 one? is going to be like.
2: There's Hyatt. obviously
1: Hyatt. Hyatt's gonna go 101 mm. probably, and then let me pull it up real quick.
2: Got Roshan or Tucker Craft? Yep, or... Both of them are available. Yeah, that's, yep. those seem to be the top two in a lot of my league. Roshan and, and Kraft. Yeah.
0: So pretty much, Jacob got a 2024 first and a second for, and NFL 102 for Keon Coleman. 206. 1102 1103 1203, and 1303. Feels good. I'm sure it does. You look pretty comfortable there in your fleece. Um, let's see here. And then a the trade today that's not Jacob related. So thank you, League, for getting uh Jacob off all these trades. But Nate, again, the he he's just out here wheeling and dealing. Nate gets David Montgomery and NCAA picks 14.02 and 15.02 for Dane Key. Uh, he trades with Dennis Grimm, gets a Dane Key, uh, Keandre, Lambert-Smith, Jalen Berger, and NCAA 8.07. Thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah, someone just needs to change Nate's passwords on some things here for a little bit. No, actually, I think this one is actually another really fun trade. Um David Montgomery like he is what he is you know going to Detroit I, I'm not sure if I've processed if that helps or hurt his value overall probably hurts it a little bit um those NCAA picks you know they're they're you know maybe some deep deep stashes or or some potential CFF guys uh, this trade really hinges on Dane Key if Dane Key ends up being good Dennis Dennis won this trade I think pretty pretty handily um so that th- that's really going to be the lynch the, the, the lynch point here I mean Keandre Lambert Smith he's okay maybe he leads Penn State in receiving this year I'm not sure how much that's worth um Jalen Berger I- I'm not a huge burger guy um has never really kept it together there and then pick eight is eight seven you know right in the middle I, I'm trying to think of I mean that, that, the quality of player there's not a bad player but you're you're probably not getting a stud there um so I, I, yeah I really think this this hinges on whatever happens with Dane Key there at Kentucky So
0: what would you think overall? I think one of the hardest things I asked you, what's the hardest thing of C2C leagues? I think one of the hardest things is figuring out trading. How do you think, you know, the league here in our, this would be our third year is doing with kind of trade evaluations.
2: I think they're all pretty, like pretty decent. Cause I mean, you you look at the ones that I said, I thought were kind of lopsided or I, I wouldn't have done. One of them was NCAA for NCAA. Like there was no cross, you know, trying to figure out the NFL value and, and convert it into to college value and then seeing if you made it even. Um, so I like, I, I think you guys are actually doing pretty, pretty well here. I don't think that there was anything super, super bad I, I, at all, really. I mean, Nate just got to figure out what he's doing with his NCAA one If you get to the NCAA to 2 man, just keep it. Just hold on to it. You're going be, gonna to be better off in the long run for that, I think.
0: Unless of course you can get a first first and, second.
2: First and second. Well, I, if you can do that, then I, you know you swing swing it all day. But I think uh, I think everyone in this league may have learned a lesson about that over the past few weeks from from somebody in this league already already doing that. Is that do you how many how many picks do you have for next year in the first couple of rounds, Jacob?
1: I believe three and three. Nice. Okay. So we're looking to make four and four. So that again, just test. so the league knows it's on the table.
2: You know, go get your guy. You know. Who doesn't want to – you can get a Manning at the 102. You don't want to – you don't want to Manning. Oh, Arch is Manning's, going 101. Manning's oh, Manning's going to go 101? Yep. Yes. Okay. For
0: okay. sure, he has made it very clear 101 is Arch Manning. Okay. So we've you've got Malachi Nelson. You've got Dante Moore. you got Chad wanting Dante Moore sitting at 103. Is someone going to hop
1: Chad? If Dante Moore's your guy, you're going to have to trade me a first and a second for the 102 to get him. There you go. So, I mean, it's... that's the
0: market. And that also is a great point. Jacob has six trades. Jacob set the market, right? I mean, and then he got it back, and the market's still the market. So, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to have to pay.
1: You're right. I might ask for a first, a second, and a third now. Let's re- reset it. <laughs> Price has gone up. It's now March.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we've, we've got uh, inflation and uh, interest rates. I mean, you got a family to feed, Jacob.
1: I know. Canned tuna isn't getting any cheaper, you know?
0: <laughs> so, well, hey, we appreciate you uh, evaluating some of these trades. So, league out there, it sounds like Jacob's making some pretty fair trades except for those first-round picks. And then, Nate, you got to figure out what you're doing. Austin, believe it or not, Nate had an undefeated NFL season two years ago and lost in the championship, and he hasn't been right since. A lot of weird things have happened. He's tried to tear it down. He's actually done a pretty good job of tearing it down and bringing up his college side, but I think that really messed him up. Poor guy.
2: Never been Thoughts the Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, Nate. Peace <laughs> and peace.
0: So we will get on to our freshman profiles here. We'll eat this will be a longer episode. We'll each do two. I want to I want to hear what we what we have to say here. Help the league out with some guys. So Austin, as our guest, we will let you uh go first here.
2: You guys chose some deeper names. So I tried to choose some that I think are worth drafting and that I really like the upside, but they're not. Um, obvious names that you can find, um, you know, just by quickly Googling or or going to the top of lists. Uh, I threw Jackson Harris on here as my first one. He's a wide receiver going to Stanford, which has not traditionally been a particularly exciting passing offense, but new coaching staff in there this year, their head coach comes over from uh, Sacramento state, which was a very explosive offense in the FCS last year. So probably some, some life being breathed into this attack. He's 6'3", 195. Uh, he's from California. Um, uh, low four-star, high three-star, according to the services. Uh, one of the most athletic guys in the class that, that we that we went into uh, for a guy that, that isn't really that well-known. Um, you know, alpha size, almost a 200 there already, and he's 6'3". I think he hit 22 miles per hour We're very, very close to it. And 22 miles per hour is, is like elite, elite, elite. Um, with, with pads on in the football field uh, in game. So uh, he, he's got the long speed, uh, you know, beyond just running fast and straight. Like, I, I think he moves very, very well for his size, get a huge catch radius, uh, really nice hands, wins at the catch point. Uh, basically, just your typical kind of athletic boundary guy that I think was overlooked a little bit by the services. Um, I, I like him there at Stanford. I think he plays a little bit this year. I really, really do. They, they lose their two leading receivers from last year, uh, Michael Wilson and um, um, uh, the other guy, Higgins, who, who might be a tight end of the NFL. I don't really know. Um, but this kid is a guy that I, I really, really like. I'll probably be targeting him in you know eighth, tenth round probably of, of, of my supplemental drafts this year, somewhere in that range. I actually have a draft and auction kicking off tomorrow. I'll probably try to sneak him in late. Hopefully nobody uh, thinks about him. So, uh, But he, he's a guy that I really, really like in this class.
0: Jacob, any thoughts there on uh
1: Jackson Harris? No, I liked him. I actually think he ended up in like my top probably 40. So he was, he uh, he was kind of fits for that. Me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he kind of fits that like mold of receiver that I like in general. So he was kind of he was a little bit on my radar. Yep.
0: Um foreshadowing I've got another Stanford wide receiver. Something that you might not know about Stanford. Freshman is they've got a weird academic schedule where you can't really enroll early. So you kind of start off a little bit behind the eight ball. So that's why you probably won't see any camp news um, on him. Uh, But like Austin mentioned, Troy Taylor is the new head coach there from Sacramento state. And he was actually Cal's all time passing leader. um, And then in, in, he graduated in 1989, was drafted in the fourth round by the Jets, um, and he was the passing leader until 2015 when his record got broke by Jared Goff. So you've got a quarterback coach coming into Stanford that has primarily been kind of a, a running team. So if you want to know a little bit about Sacramento State, uh Troy Taylor had been there for the last four years. You have a COVID year that didn't coach, um, no season, so pretty much three years. And in those years, they are pretty much 50-50 with running the ball, passing the ball. Uh, 2019, he had uh, 585 rushes to 433 passes. 2021, 448 rushes to 439 passes and then in 2022 471 rushes to 524 passes so you're averaging 501 to 465 so pretty close to that 50 50 split and then even looking at just his the first down play calls what generates a first down that's averaged over those three years is 150 rushing first downs to 158 passing first downs. So he's going to probably keep it a little bit uh, balanced there, but being a quarterback, I just feel like they're going to start passing the ball a little bit more.
2: And the, so, ba- the balance like you talked about the balance there, but that is a lot of plays every single year. Like that, that that's very high tempo. Like they're going to run a lot of plays. So that should be more opportunities, you know, in the red zone, uh, you know just with you know just the nature of running more plays if you run more plays than the other team every single game probably gonna accrue more yardage probably gonna win so I think you know that's that that's a lot of plays if you go and look at what a normal Fbs offense kind of runs in any given year
0: uh do you happen to know really what that is a year for other people here listening what the, I would the average?
2: I would guess most teams on average are running about 70 ish plays a year or a, yeah, a year, a game. So, you know, multiply that, you know, times 12, you know, 850 to 900. And it sounded kind of like you were talking about over a thousand there for some of them. I mean, that's, you yeah. know, an extra hundred plays a year essentially that you're rolling out there. That's, that's some pretty good tempo.
0: And their points per game was uh, 43, 30, 36.
2: So they're averaging 36 points per game
0: uh, there. So that's
2: a lot of points,
0: a lot of fantasy points to be had. So oh, pass
2: to the running back a lot. Go by EJ Smith. Uh, let's hear Nate. Is that Nate?
1: I was uh, I was pretty bummed when Justin Williams Thomas flipped to Cal. I'm like, Stanford kind of feels perfect for him.
2: PFF still has him at Stanford. I'm actually writing his debut. I was writing his debut profile. I was like, yeah, he's at Stan. I was like, no, he's at Cal. It was very confusing. I forgot that he had originally said he was going to Stanford, and then
1: like I found out that like he committed to Stanford, and I was all excited, and then he went to Cal, and I'm like, well, I don't know how that works, but and then he didn't
0: like enroll for a while. And then, then now
1: I, I think he's enrolled. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's I on their website. of him like working out there. So he's on yeah, campus. He,
0: yeah, he just got on not too long ago, but then he's been running with, I think it was the threes or something. So I don't know. Um, Jacob, let's talk about your guy here.
1: Yeah, so uh, Chad wanted a freshman tight end. Obviously, there's the obvious one with Deuce Robinson. I tried to give him some just returning tight ends that are available in the supplemental draft. I just think it's a safer bet. Like tight ends, really just hard to project out of high school. But one that I did kind of like early on and still do um, was Jelani Thurman. He's a four star, he's uh, going to Ohio State. He actually showed up to spring practice, listed 6'6, 253. So he is showing up NFL sized already and he's a pretty good pass catcher. so I'm there's worse bets I guess if you're looking for a freshman tight end than you know just going with a guy that already has the size box for the NFL checked so
0: and he's at Ohio State and he's a tight end. yep they'll, they'll be out there blocking they'll catch some passes here or there and you know one way to get on the field is be good at blocking. Well, if I remember
1: a... correctly, I think that's the knock on him. He didn't do a whole lot of blocking in high school. So,
0: I don't have much on uh, Jelani Thurman.
1: Believe it or not, you didn't you didn't deep dive the tight end class. I did not.
0: <laughs> Austin, anything on Jelani Thurman?
2: I have missed my tight end eight in the class. Um, I liked him. Um, my only complaint according to my notes is that i thought that he uh he he's an okay athlete not an elite athlete um so but uh not awful either uh, obviously tight end eight i mean so yeah. I, I do like him
0: all right my guy andy Jean 6'1 180 going to florida um in this upcoming class i have in my player notes, he he played good competition. Like IMG, he has great footwork at the line of scrimmage. in In my opinion, he's very fast, high points the ball very well. Um, he has like this one move that irritates me though. Like he just like sticks his foot and then goes like it's just this one move over and over and over in all of his highlights. I mean, it works, so it makes sense um, if. You guys don't watch a lot of the film. It seems like wide receivers who are good do like three routes. They do goes, they do slants or drags, and they do sweeps and screens. Like that's kind of a lot. Like that's kind of it that they do. So if they do anything else, it's really exciting to watch because I feel like I don't get to see (laughs) that a whole bunch. Nice I don't little know if you six guys-
2: yard out route, little, little <laughs> comeback, you know, right at the sticks. It's, yeah. You know, yeah, that's about it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Is if, the hair-
1: if the quarterback's really bad, you get to watch an entire video of screens.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> super fun. Or if you um, Brandon Innis last year, he actually had to take over a quarterback because their quarterback was so bad after they got hurt. <laughs> 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 that was, you can't, can't get a lot of information there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's rough out here on the streets with some of these tapes. Um, but his hands stood out to me. I thought he had some good bursts and acceleration, but didn't really have that pull-away speed. Um, he's an outside wide receivers, and he he had a variety of different routes. I just enjoyed watching his film this last year out of all the wide receivers. Um, he worked back to the ball pretty well, seems very well-rounded. He Austin, you talked about how wide receivers can win at different points. Um, he seems to me like a guy who wins in the route type. Um, I just liked watching his, his route tree that he had. And, um, I reached out to big wide receiver guy who had him at, I think it was a 19.9 miles per hour. So not super fast, but you know, a pretty, pretty good speed there. And, um, if you guys aren't aware, we'll do a plug later, but campus to Canton has a freshman supplemental guide um but andy gene didn't crack crack the the list so austin peek behind the curtain how close did andy gene make it to the list
2: yeah uh he definitely has a chance to be a guy that we regret not writing up because it sounds like he's been doing okay at florida already this spring so um could be a guy but we actually never considered him for the (sighs) guide ever at all um but like i said we, I think it, we might regret that. Not even Alfred. Uh, I've spent the last eight months making fun of Alfred because I don't really like Eugene Wilson, Andy Gene, or uh, they got another kid this year too. Mizell. Yes, I, I don't like any of them. So I've been just like, he's like, we got three, four stars. I'm like, yeah, they all stink. Like, <laughs> okay. congratulations. But it does sound like Gene is the leader in that pack, and the wide receiver room is very, very open. We were, we are, we were as a group in on Wilson. I don't think he's on campus yet. So I don't know that I can necessarily draw a conclusion there or not, but um, it does sound like Gene at least maybe gets on the field this year.
0: Another knock. I like to see my wide receivers do punt returns, kick returns. Andy, Gene did not do that. So not a huge thing, but another knock that I had on Andy, Gene. Do you guys have anything to add there to Andy? Andy?
2: No, I, he didn't no. make he didn't make my top seventy five. But again, like I, he's already you know, just based on the news in camp, you'd probably I'd probably take him over one or two of the guys that I have in there just just based on that news. So, the the downside of doing that guide before spring season starts. But gotta gotta be honest. So you know, we'll we'll, we'll get it out ahead of time.
1: For me, it tells me a little bit more about Mizell, who I think is a really good athlete. But the fact that Gene is the one that's popping and getting. I don't know, coach recognition right now with Mizell doing the exact same drills, routes, all that kind of stuff. That kind of, I don't know, might fade him a little bit.
0: So so something that I do is I look at the strength of schedule for high schoolers, and for my wide receivers that I have, the average junior and senior strength of schedule for these guys was 249 and Andy Jean's strength of schedule was 41.9. So that just tells me, competition wise, playing some pretty good competition. So, another thing that's just kind of a, a perk like you see a lot of these stats, you see a lot of the film, like, hey, is this guy really fast? Is it just lesser competition? What is it? Based off of that, I would say the competition's pretty well or pretty good there. So. Let's move on to Austin's second guy here.
2: Yeah, I'm actually changing who I'm going to talk about. Uh, I was going to talk about E. Andrews, the wide receivers going to Oklahoma State, and a guy that I really, really like. But um, I'm, I'm going to flip. I'm, I want to talk Caleb Hicks, running back going to Oklahoma. Um, not, like, super low-rated. I don't remember exactly where he was uh, in the composite. Um, looks like RB38, actually. So he ended up lower than I thought he was. Uh, he's going to Oklahoma, though. Like he, He's a talented player. 5'11". I think they have him listed at over 200 now. He's on campus. He's there for spring. Um, it's really funny. We have Nate Marquise on staff with us. He went to Oklahoma. He has a, a friend or two that still kind of works around the football team there, so he gets some some advance information uh, for us. And li- it, this this winter, he was saying that the staff there was really excited about Dalen Smothers, who's another freshman running back that's going in there. He's like a tinier, um, like yeah. third down back profile kind of guy. And Nate and I were messaging back and forth, like probably once a week saying like, I don't get it. They already have a guy that's better than Smothers in the same exact role. who's only in his second year there. Like Smothers is never going to play there in a bajillion years. And, but they weren't very excited about Hicks. Lo and behold, now they're raving about Hicks a couple weeks into practice. He is, in my opinion, a, a, a pretty good athlete, like 65, 75 percentile of like an athlete, at the running back position, I think he has the frame to get to 210, 215. Um, you know, good burst, good long speed. I think he's got some decent physicality, but I think a college weight room is going to do him some wonders there over the next couple of years uh, as he gains weight and, and gets a little bit stronger. Um, he doesn't have a ton of like, like moves at this point, you know, like in the open field. He, he's not super creative, but I think, again, another thing that he can learn, um, you know, how much does he played there this year? Probably not that much unless a bunch of people get injured. But if you're drafting Hicks, you're not really drafting him for this year. You're kind of drafting him to get into the rotation, maybe 2024, 2025. So it is, it's a longer-term play. But I think he's very, very talented. I think he's a really good back. I, I will probably end up with a lot of him this year because he's very much kind of the forgotten guy in this class. So I mean, he should be pretty affordable too. Like at yeah. cost,
1: it's like that's an that's an easy pick. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: Um, and I think we were pretty high. We're higher than him the services, I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly how much higher, but we we are fans of him as well at C two C.
0: Yep. Um, my quick take there on Caleb Hicks is produced very well. Their strength of schedule his junior year, um, was a thirty three, which is one of the upper echelon, and he had almost fifteen hundred yards rushing as a junior. And 18 touchdowns. Um, and it kind of goes into this next guy that Jacob has, but he has a lot of the same build 5'11", 195, kind of the same same as uh oh, I guess we're not gonna talk about him, Jacob. Sorry.
1: I'm gonna talk about him. Doesn't matter to me. So Marion Peterson, um, he's going to USC. He's also going with I should say that he's going with another really talented back in Quentin Joyner. Um, I really don't know how that backfield is going to work out, but I want pieces of whatever's going on there just because the offense is going to be pretty electric. And I actually think Joyner and Amarion Peterson have a chance to actually see the field just because they're kind of, kind of your traditional bell cow sized coming out of high school. Um, but Amariam Peterson did show up to campus at two ten, Um, so I guess I'm leaning his way a little bit, but, um, very productive in high school. And yeah, I just like him as a player. And I think he's pretty affordable compared to some of the other like size speed guys in this class.
0: Austin, any thoughts there on, on Amari and Peterson?
2: Yeah. I was trying to pull him up in the guide real quick to see where we had him ranked. We, we like him as a group. I, I might've been one of the lower guys. I know we liked him more. Uh, his junior year stuff looked a little bit better than senior year stuff um, but it's hard to discount a guy going into a fairly empty backfield with pretty good uh, fairly good athletic measurables overall i'm trying to pull up exactly where we have him here we have him as our rb18 um, so and we have him ranked higher than than joiner uh, by a couple spots so we do prefer him over joiner if we had to pick between yep. the two um, and i think he can be a, a very productive back there they don't have a lot it's Really exciting going on there
0: as a junior. He had 10, 100 plus yard games with zero lost fumbles, so not fumbling the ball. Great thing and again. Junior strength of schedule, he was middle of the road, he was at 18.6, but he had 1800 yards rushing and 28 touchdowns rushing. He had, and I think so. And he, I he think was, he has
2: some bad weight on him. And if Trevor Etienne taught me anything last year, it's that. You know, don't necessarily worry if they have an awful body because they'll probably get into one of these SEC S programs and and you know cut the fat and and, and bulk up and, and get a lot stronger and, and faster and everything pretty quickly. So I think Peterson's one of those guys that's maybe carrying some bad weight, but I think USC will uh will, will get them right in that regard, get them get eaten eaten better. And, and, and yeah, I think the reason that
1: be. I'm a little bit. I think the reason that I'm a little bit higher on him is I have a working theory that bell cows in high school become bell cows in college, become bell cows in the NFL. So I've kind of been almost valuing just total touches per season. I like that. At the high school level, um, more than actual just production, I guess. Because you could play behind a terrible offensive line and have 800 yards, but, you know, 300 carries. But to me, it's almost more important that they gave you the ball 300 times.
2: Does he have more, more touches than Joiner. I'm assuming? I believe so, yeah. Nice.
0: And, and that's something like Jacob talked about. It's almost more of a trait or a, a skill.
1: Yeah, that, I, think it's, I think it absolutely could be a skill. Just just knowing how to like condition your body for that.
0: Availability is, is very key in, in the league, so I, I don't, don't hate that.
1: My, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's true at all, though.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are – I would say a vast majority of the people look at that and say, oh, there's too much, you know, wear and tear on the body. He's going to break down earlier. And, you know, Jacob, then you're just kind of saying the other – it's like, well, it's a skill. Like, he knows how to do that. and He can do that. Like, Nick Chubb is a great example of that.
1: I mean, that's what Quinshawn Judkins was too coming out. I mean, like, he got the ball – I don't even know how many times he carried the ball in high school, but it was ridiculous, and then he goes into the SEC and does it again. So,
0: And he was what, your second-round pick in our
1: supplemental draft? Third. I had, third. We took Justin Williams-Thomas before him, so I lucked out.
2: Let we'll us pretend like you flipped those two picks. And yeah, we'll pretend. <laughs> we'll be like
0: Tweet, where Tweet pretends that he like grabbed this guy in the 14th and we look it up, and it was like the fourth round. So... My guy here that I want to talk about is Tiger Bachmeyer. His brother, um, Hank Bachmeyer, was the quarterback at Boise State. Who I don't know where he transferred to, but word on the street is he's going to be the starter. But who cares? I don't. I don't remember where he went. Um, but Tiger here, I have again. It's just a lot of goes, screens, and slants. He doesn't have a lot of burst, but has some acceleration. And he seems to win in his route with speed. Not much speed variation with like within his routes. Um, and that's kind of all of my notes that I had on him. He had a very high average junior and senior strength of schedule uh, at forty six point three, and like I mentioned earlier, the average was twenty four point nine. So he's playing good competition. He did return punts and kicks for his high school. Uh, he's going, sorry, he's going to Stanford, uh, and he is six, one, one 180. So he doesn't do, I've kind of found that again, I like the routes guys. They don't anything flashy. My, my grading for his film is pretty much just average, but he does it well enough. Um, and he, like he did that against good competition and his senior year he had uh fifteen hundred yards receiving and fifteen touchdowns against good competition. So there he's doing something right, whether he's not he's not average, but he's kind of like a Keenan Allen type, I guess. In that do you guys have any thoughts on Tiger there?
1: I actually did not have him ranked, Luke. Mm. I know. So, all right, the the uh... yeah, I think I think it was because there wasn't any like play where he created yards after catch and that's like just for me that's I just automatically like take them off the list most of the time unless they're really highly ranked then I'll make an exception. But
2: was was Luther Burden your number 1 last year? He
1: uh, it was Adam Randall until Adam Randall uh. tore his ACL, so I took him I took Randall at 106 um with a torn ACL. And then I took burden at one Oh four. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Tiger. Another one of the guys who did not make the supplemental guide. So what do I know?
2: And peek, peek behind the curtain after we had basically wrapped up the entire guide. Um, I, I think it was complete. We we're just putting kind of, you know, putting together the final pieces of it. Um, Tim who works with us has a model he uses to project you know incoming freshmen and he shared it with us and in his model tiger bachmeyer was like wide receiver 11 or something and we were like okay he could have shared this with with us a couple weeks ago maybe we would have looked into him a little more i don't know that he would have he would have passed you know the test either way um but he does at least have some of those markers that you're talking about luke you know i think uh pretty good production um, probably a good strength of schedule because I think those guys factor that in. Um, I think he has good at the fairly decent athletic measurables as well. So all those things kind of combine to, to make an intriguing player there.
0: Well, that I think is going to wrap us up We're running a little bit longer this week, but Hey, we had a special guest. We wanted to hear what he had to say. Um, Austin, I'm going to open the floor to you. Uh, Where can people find you on Twitter? What kind of stuff are you working on at Campus to Canton? Where can I, we talked about the supplemental guide. Where can I go to buy this? How do I buy this? What kind of things do you offer there at the, at the website?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, plug us too hard I do appreciate you know I know some of you guys are, are members with us and you know follow us on social media um, you know may, maybe listen to a show or two here or there we do we we appreciate all those things you know at whatever um, level uh, uh, you're, you're following along with us at just some things that we are doing like like um, like these guys are talking about you know we just released our freshman supplemental draft guide kind of does some in-depth profiles um, we, we have a, we're an expanding set of recruiting tools that you can kind of sift through athletic data, things like that to, to kind of make your own rankings. If, if that's more your jam, we do full Debbie content as well. Um, that guide comes out May 1st. Um, we do a, a full CFF guide. We have a full college fantasy team. If you just play college fantasy, those guys are, are always doing stuff as well. Um, we have a couple of really big additions still coming to the website. We, we have a large edition that we have yet to announce of a very big um, person that we, we, we kind of uh, bought out their their content. They're going to come work with us. So we, we, have, we always have stuff coming going on, always trying to create new projects. We're not going to rest until we are the spot on the Internet to go for college football, college fantasy, everything advice. So that's, that's our goal. We want to rule the world. We're, we're uh, one day at a time, one day at a time.
0: So how much did it cost to acquire Mike Clay's
2: statistics um, just out of curiosity? Well, well, he said he's a big fan of ours. So, you know, it really, it really wasn't. Uh, no, it. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're excited for it. So we're uh, awesome. We're, yeah, always growing. Well, that will do
0: it for us this week. We will be back next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel um, next Thursday, we will be doing an interview and again, doing a couple more player profiles this time with another member of the campus Canton crew, big wide receiver guy who likes small running backs. It's a weird thing. I don't know why he does it. Just kidding. He likes the big wide receivers. So like him and Jacob are going to get along very, very well. So tune in next week and don't forget to start your studs. And hey, go out and get your guy. Pay a first and a second next year
1: for 102. Oh, oh, for second and third now.
0: Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. sorry.
1: Do do we get anything
0: back or is it's just that? It, that's the new market.
1: Oh yeah, for the 102. You would get the 102 back. Yep.
0: <laughs> okay, we don't just give you anything to peek in the house to see what it's like. You can.